everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Make It Up, the show with all things made up, from monsters under the bed, to justifying an arrest for a homemade alarm clock. hey On today's show, we got a great guy coming in, we got John Perrin. John Perrin is a real talented musician, he plays drums, guitar, he's toured around the world with various bands, uh, I've known him since high school, uh, lately he's been playing in a Beatle tribute band. Uh, where he's actually fluctuated between the parts of George and Ringo. That's how talented this guy is. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it, he's um, He's been performing with my dad's Beatle tribute band, actually, for anyone who doesn't know that. Uh, it's this whole Beatle tribute group thing. So that's exciting. It, it is crazy because the Beatles, it's just like the, the magnitude of their band is like they create so many opportunities, not just their band, but cover bands. Yes. Yeah. Just everything. It's like, what an impact they had. That's you know? my dad's only job. Isn't that crazy? That's, but That's it, what he does. But you got to think how many people like have a cover. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. around the world. It's probably like just one really successful band creates all these opportunities. Yeah. Generation. Yeah. I mean, they and like uh, they just went to Ecuador. They went to Mexico not that long ago. There's just it, it, so it's just crazy. It's great. So John's an awesome guy. Real excited to get that guy in the studio today. Uh, but first, uh, we we just I mean we only have time for. Uh, we really only have time for this segment right here, right now. It's a segment we call Gentle Grays Topics Galore. The segment where we just we just touch on a topic, just gently graze a topic before moving on to the next much more succulent topic. You ready, Alex? I'm ready. Trees. The only friend Mother Earth has left. Cement mixers. They should be making ice cream. The plunger. Like a friend who's always there for you, even if things get difficult and a bit nasty. The Samwise to my Frodo. Share the load. Drink coasters. Stop babying my table. It has to learn to protect itself. Candlesticks. Better than candle stones. Toenails. There are two big prominent ones and a few smaller, seemingly less important ones. But honestly, they all have to be cut. GOP presidential candidates. There are two big prominent ones and a few seemingly less important ones but honestly they probably all should be cut thai food too formal do you uh do you like thai food uh you know what i i never had thai food because i always thought it was the same as chinese food (laughs) (laughs) that's that's horrible that sounded horrible but i always just clumped them all together it's like why not just get chinese food but the one time uh Every now and then, if you're working at Second City, there's a thing called a buyout, and they'll bring food. It's like well, a I don't know if we should say this on that. Do should we not? No, I think it's fine. No one listens. <laughs> but no, so they brought Thai food, and I ate it. And, and it maybe, really maybe sometimes we can have some. If there's days. extra, I don't if, think it's know, a big deal. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like we're not supposed to. Why? You're I feel like to. I don't know. You're not supposed to go get food while the customers are still eating food, but once they're done eating. But it, maybe, maybe they're supposed to get like the leftovers. No. Absolutely not. No? They don't, don't have, like, a big doggy brag they bring home? My favorite was adobo, when there would be, like, adobo bias, but... It burned. It burned down. Yeah. I know you haven't been watching... Uh, how old's Johnny? He's younger than me. <laughs> By how many years? <laughs> By how many years? Uh, Several. Several? Yeah. All right. Uh, I know you haven't been watching... You haven't watched much of the, li- the Late Show with Colbert yet, right? No, I'm busy. Because uh, <laughs> uh, this is really funny, I think... Uh, Last week, you know, so Colbert started his show last week, and obviously he's in the t- same time slot as Jimmy Fallon, um, and he's probably the same demographic as Jimmy Fallon. 
Um, so I watched. I've been watching Colbert live, and then but then I went back and watched some of uh, Fallon, like on Hulu. I went back and watched some episodes, and it's really funny. Like uh, I saw the so Colbert's show started on Tuesday, so I'm sure Colbert, I'm sure Fallon knew that people would be tuning in for his first show, right? So I watched the show right after that, the Wednesday show for Fallon. Uh, Fallon's Wednesday show, you could just tell that he was desperately trying to get like people to to watch him instead. Uh, because, oh, but he like, had like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, that's like his Timberlake. big guns. That's like his yeah, big. Thing. He was bringing out big guns all this week. Oh yeah. Um, because n- not only that, uh, but Friday night, Friday night, who does uh Colbert have? But a, but a huge guest, Amy Schumer, right? Right. She's huge big. guest. She's yeah. huge right now. She's big. But then who does who does Fallon have to? It's like who's 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 getting more press than Amy Schumer right now? Who does Fallon get? Trump. Really? He gets Trump Friday night to compete wow. with Schumer. Well, the, uh, the battles are back. They're yeah, back so on. It's, I it's love it. It's crazy. And and it's also funny, like Wednesday night when uh when Fallon, like after their first, com- right before their first commercial break, Fallon goes, hey guys, we're going to go to commercial. It's just going to be one minute and then we'll be right back. Just one minute. Stick around. And yeah. like you could tell he, w- don't he didn't want yeah, people to switch. Don't switch. That's crazy. Uh, Seth Meyers is getting lost in it all. Well... He's at eleven thirty-five. I mean, he, well, yeah, he's an hour later. He's not know? even in the conversation, man. No, I, I'm not a, a fan necessarily, but I'd have to say Fallon's my favorite. You really think? I so? didn't really like. I wasn't never a huge Fallon. I don't even. I don't even necessarily know if I'm a huge Fallon guy. I just like the way. I just like the way he interacts. The way he is. I feel like he's like. That's more appealing to me. Just he's like really funny and like cheeky and like. <laughs> you know. What I mean, I, I, mean I, I like Fallon a lot. I think he's great. I think he's fun. His like recorded segments are always like killer but i'm telling you watching colbert this past week is colbert like really good i, I mean think colbert, on- i think colbert's on a totally different level uh i think he's hilarious but also colbert's doing like serious shit he did a segment like th- there was it was funny but it was also like informational it was about buddhism he did a segment about like the supreme court justice like he's just doing like real yeah, shit he might just be too smart and and the thing he has that look of like uh Fallon's still like young, but he, Colbert's got that look of like I want to be able to grab like the older people that watch these late. Sh- the late He's night able shows. to grab the younger people too. Yeah, oh, t- t- totally, totally. But I'm saying older people might not like relate, like want to watch Fallon because he's so young sure. and cheeky. But Colbert, <laughs> no, but Colbert has that look where it's like, like I, I, I can like seriously deliver information. I like how many times you've used the word cheeky. He's cheeky. That, that's he's in your cheeky. vocabulary. It's cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. It's a real word. All right, well, we're going to be right back in just a second with John Perrin. This guy's great. Stick around. It's just one minute. Just one, one minute. For one, one. Stick don't, around. Don't, don't switch. Don't go to Nerdist. Don't switch. Don't. 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 No. Peaches and hot sauce, do not do it. Don't. <laughs> first what, 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 base. <laughs> yeah, what position you in out there? What uh, what uh, instrument do you play? I play drums and guitar and nice. a, a bass and some things too. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Real good. And you play with uh, Kyle's dad's band a lot? Yeah, the Beatle Tribune. That's, nice. that's like my full time job. <laughs> nice. How is that being a, a tribute band it's, player? It's odd. <laughs> what? Who are being, you? Are you? Uh, I'm Ringo and I do George too. Nice. It's pretty. It's pretty odd. I mean, the traveling is a lot of fun. Playing the same show every night. 
So by the, by now it's just like you just go out and do it. You don't. Really yeah, I mean the set list rarely rarely ever changes. So you kind of learn the show and then just repeat when necessary. Wow. 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 Where do you, where do you travel to? I just got back from Ecuador. No shit. So yeah, you're yeah. going you're going all over the world for this thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, man, and it's crazy because in the US we'll play kind of, you know, outdoor theaters or right. we'll just do theater shows. It's usually like 800 seats and it'll sell out, which is pretty good. But then like when you go overseas for some reason things just change and people People are still like super obsessed with the Beatles over there. So like, <laughs> so you're playing like these big yeah, shows, for me, and they're like really buying into it. Yeah, I mean, in Mex- we played Mexico City, I think that was in March, and um, they had kind of a Beatle Week thing, where Ringo played like the actual Ringo Starr played on a Wednesday, and he sold like five thousand or six thousand tickets. He didn't sell out the theater. But we played on the Saturday and we sold out at sixteen thousand tickets. Yeah, that, so you're you're saying yeah, it was, it was bizarre. <laughs> More than a yeah, that's hilarious. You People should tweet him or something. Like, yeah, hey, listen, what up, go. man? <laughs> what did you like about like what was Ecuador like? Oh man, it was never been. beautiful. I mean, the the really strange thing about those places is they're kind of high profile gigs. So when they bring us into a country like that we're pretty well guarded and well protected like we travel with our own shuttle we never have to take cabs or anything like that and so you guys get a star treatment over there yeah they they make sure we're comfy and like they have a translator for us everywhere we go and so you know ecuador was really strange because when when we got in there they had like that it was awesome it was like the ecuadorian beatles fan club <laughs> just tons of people there and like came in and they were all singing Beatles songs and like greeted us and it was funny because later on we found out I think there was like there's maybe 14 people who were actually in the Ecuadorian Beatles fan club (laughs) (laughs) you think there'd be like at least 16 (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's odd because you know they took us to a really nice hotel and we were right on um I forget what river it was but one of the rivers in Ecuador the main rivers and along the border of the hotel, like, every 20 feet was, in, like, an armed guard. Really? Yeah, because, like, Ecuador is... Is it unsafe over there? Yeah. Really? It's, I, you know, I kind of, I didn't know that much about it when I went over there, but, like, immediately when we started looking around, I was like, yeah, this kind of looks like a, you know, a third yeah, world right. country well, in some you places. Imagine if, they, if they kidnapped all you guys? The, yeah. The, the headline would be, like, a Beatles cover band. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, die with a wig on. Yeah, right. Die with a wig. Yeah. We got Ringo Starr uh, <laughs> So, uh, you, you just took your girlfriend to work? Is that what you yeah. said, right? Does she work in Old Town here? Yeah, she works at uh, BCBG, Max Azria. It's like... What is that? It's uh, it's like a boutique clothing oh. store. Oh, that's right, right, right over here. What, that's on North or something, or just off? On uh, Halstead. It's oh. kind of near... I'm trying to think of what the intersection is. Or something that it's close to. I Ever since I moved out of the city, I've... Mm slowly forgetting everything I, I don't know where anything is <laughs> you know what i realized the other day alex it's like alex used to he stopped calling me he used to always call me 
because uh, oh, I yeah. lived over here. Yeah. Like I lived not too far from here previously, a few years ago, and uh, Alex used to always call me whenever he's trying to like park by Second City. He'd be like, he'd be like, "Yo, my car is right over here <laughs> uh, <laughs> by the Dairy Queen. Uh, is that good? Is it free? I'm like, <laughs> it's I'm like free parking. Yeah. You know I mean? I'm like, I look at the signs. <laughs> <laughs> the signs they lie. You can't always. Yeah. But now, I, and now I know pretty much. Like, yeah, you the don't whole, call me anymore. Yeah, really anyway. <laughs> well, the one time I lost my car. <laughs> the one time, yeah, no, I parked and like I had no idea because like I don't know I just my my directional sense sometimes is oh yeah so I like forgot where my car was and I'm like and I'm because he lived right there I'm like do yeah. you know where the where it could be? he's like I have no have idea. you seen it yeah, have you seen my car? <laughs> I, well I think that was actually after I moved up north to Lakeview so I was like oh. looking at a map too while I was on the phone with him, and I, like, <laughs> I was looking online at a map I was like I don't know uh, why don't you go north you're probably on Lincoln somewhere <laughs> right? keep going yeah. north. Oh like, yeah. I don't know. This doesn't look familiar. <laughs> seeing, like, they have like Wizard of Oz statues over here. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, it was by the one Wizard of Oz thing, and then and then I'm seeing <laughs> other ones, and I'm like, it's not anywhere to be found. Remember the Tin Man. <laughs> yeah, right. Remember the, the Tin Man. I'm by the lion today. It's crazy, yeah. man. Like, yeah. Even before I had a smartphone, whenever I would come in, I would purposely write an address down in yeah. Sharpie on my hand, or like even. You know, I didn't realize on iPhones you can do this really cool thing called drop a pin. Oh yeah. And so like I oh, went yeah. to I went to Riot Fest a few years and was like, you know, I don't know if I had been drinking at all, but nervously trying to write down the address <laughs> just so you know, even if I pass out, somebody will know where to take me. <laughs> like, uh-huh. That's great. What have you been have you you've been performing a lot, I know. Have you been going to see any live shows yourself lately? Have you been anything cool? No, man, it's a bummer cuz you know, you get busy enough and there's no time, so I try. I actually try not to look at shows that come into town, just so yeah. I won't be disappointed. Yeah, so you won't get sad that you don't. Have, you can't go to them. Yeah, like the the last live shows I saw were NRBQ or a band called NRBQ that yeah. I'm a really big fan of, and uh, they were amazing. Like I, I'm playing with two of the guys right now, named uh, Scott Legan and Casey McDonough. Oh yeah, and um, they've been around since I think. I think they started in 1966 nice. and Scott and Casey are joined way later on. Um, they're younger dudes, but, uh, Terry Adams, the keyboard player is the only original member with them right now. Um, but they're just amazing shows. I had never seen them before. And it's really weird because they, they kind of play all styles, but they're, you know, sort of most well known for rock or sort of power pop stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know the, the music all sounds like that, but they kind of attack everything they do with a you know jazz mentality, where you know songs have a structure, but that structure is kind of up in the air, and yeah. you know, so it, it was really really impressive. Like they, each one of their shows, they play three and a half hours, and me and my dad went and saw them once at a space in Evanston, and then we went and saw them at I think High Noon in Madison. Wisconsin the next night and so each night they played three and a half hours they don't use any set lists they just call songs out and they only repeated like four songs between the wow. two nights wow that's awesome it's insane man that's crazy you just mentioned your dad uh, I, I know you started playing was, you started playing drums really young right and yeah. I know you per- were performing with your dad's band was that something you started really young too yeah yeah I mean my parents got me a drum kit when I was two years old and nice. then um yeah, it was like a tiny little kind of like first act yeah, yeah. equivalent, and I had that for a few years, and 
you know, even without my dad played in bass or played bands. First bass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he played first bass in bands. <laughs> first <laughs> bass. He played bass in bands ever since he was uh, in college, and you know, when I was born, that didn't really stop. Like he didn't take time off. It's not like he was a full gigging musician. He still had a, a day job, and yeah. and like even my parents' wedding, you know, they had a wedding band. And he played half of the show. Are you serious? <laughs> really? Yeah. No way. Was he yeah. planning on doing that? Do you know? Yeah. Or he just jump? He did plan. Okay. Yeah. It was. You know. That's crazy. So even at his wedding, he's he's up there jamming out. Yeah, and it. You know, he was always really passionate about it. And when I was born, it, it wasn't something they really forced onto me. I, you know, where I feel like a lot of musician parents, they'll kind of you know try and shove a guitar in the kid's hand and you know right try to force it. But I think that passion just kind of carried over to me and I think I was always really interested into it and so I think the first time I ever played with a band technically was with it was my dad and both my brothers one plays guitar and one plays bass and we played for like my mom's birthday when I was eight and then uh, we started a band when I was 10 pretty much just a bar band you know playing three hours a night and been doing that for 13 years now <laughs> wow that's crazy yeah well i mean that's like a whole bunch of solid practice you know it's like yeah the beatles going to hamburg or whatever right yeah exactly and you know because you were 10 you were 10 playing three hour shows right? Is that what you yeah said? yeah yeah you know you kind of gotta just survive some i mean some of those gigs were pretty rough too like there was i remember there was one show i think i was 13 or 14 i wasn't even in high school yet and yeah. we played at a this place called Turner Camp. I think it's over in like West Dundee, Illinois, over yeah. far west. And uh, we got done with the three sets, and it was going really well. And so they paid us extra to do another hour, and they paid us extra to do another hour after that. So it's like thirteen, and playing five hours in one night, <laughs> like wow. builds endurance and. Know. Well, I was going to ask you, too, have you ever, like, when you were younger starting out, did you ever, like, bomb? On, like, was there a time where it went terrible? <laughs> and you were, yeah. Like, there's, for a band, does that happen? Because, like, oh, with, yeah. with comedy, it, it goes wrong sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it, goes it goes wrong sometimes. Yeah, man. Like, it, it still happens. And that's kind of, you know, I kind of like that, actually. It's right? it's more fun. It makes for a good story. Like, I'm, I can't think of anything super recently. It's It's weird because... You know, I always wanted to work as hard as possible with any of this music stuff just to try and make it a career. And lately, things have oddly been going really well. <laughs> after, like, yeah. well, you're you know, in Ecuador for yeah, after yeah. about 11 years of not going really well, we're <laughs> like, my, the last band I was in, a band called The Love Shots, I remember, you know, I, I really loved what we did. And my goal yeah. with them was to just kind of make music that I would want to listen to. But there was just a bunch of really odd shows with that. Like I remember we played at this place called Penny road pub. Oh yeah. Um, far out West. And, uh, the booking agent, you know, it was this new guy who just started working there and he, I won't name drop cause I think he still works there, but he hadn't, he hadn't listened to us at all. Like he, he basically found, you know, a MySpace page or whatever we were using back then and uh. threw us on. And it was like a headlining night. It was like a Saturday night and we were on the top <laughs> floor. Time. Yeah, and so we were really excited, and we thought it was going to be a good show, and we, we showed up, and, like, the guy's drunk, and he's like, so what kind of music you play? And, you know, we were kind of, we were really big fans of stuff like Misfits or Ramones, right. but then, like, 
Dion and the Belmonts and kind of doo-wop stuff. Yeah. So we explained that, and he started freaking out, and it turns out that he had booked us, like he had sandwiched us in between two, like, 80s hair metal tribute bands. <laughs> oh, and uh, And so they got done playing, you know... I forget what song it was. It was like the Toxic Avenger theme by the police or something. Oh, yeah. Something just really hardcore 80s. And then you guys go on and yeah, we went tear on. the stage apart. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is like at that time, we would do like weird quirky covers. Like we did, you know, kind of a rougher version of like Town Without Pity by Gene Pitney. And at the time we were doing Come On, Feel the Noise by yeah. Quiet Riot. But like, reggae yeah, and so yeah. <laughs> we decided like you know if it's gonna be bad we might as well just have some fun with it so we played that as our first song <laughs> and the room of like 350 people cleared immediately really? except for one guy yeah so that so then the booking agent he comes in like gives you a gives yeah you time. and I, yeah it was just you know so, I think we still got paid for it though, so that was yeah right. You so what, you guys go on for like forty five minutes after that or whatever? Yeah, we yeah. we played for about forty five minutes and then sure enough, after we got done, everybody just cleared back in. So everyone wow. just took like a big collective <laughs> smoke break. break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a but the break. the one guy that stayed bought a CD, so nice. Yeah, nice. he got a fan. Yeah, the love shots were. Good. I remember I saw love shots a couple times. I I, I always really loved that song. You took out your bow. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, man. I love it's, that one. Um, they were solid, yeah. It was a lot of fun. You know, I we made one record and, you know, it was a learning experience. Like, it took us oh, about yeah. a year to make. And by the time we were almost done with it, we were three-piece. It was me and Rob, the guy I play with now, and nice. uh, a guy named Danny. By the time we were done with it, we were just kind of all at each other's throats. Yeah. And it you know didn't sound right it wasn't a good representation of us and yeah. what happens where you guys are at each other's throat you just get fed up with it artistically you get fed yeah. up with each other or what yeah it's like you know it was kind of being pulled in different routes and it was just really weird growing pain like you know I at the time was really into kind of like power pop punk bands like bands like the Smoking Popes yeah. and Danny the singer was really into you know, New Order and Depeche Mode, which is yeah. something like, you know, I I can appreciate that stuff now, but at the time, I did not like. You did and he, not like it. Yeah, and, and, like and it. he not. didn't he didn't really like the stuff that I was listening to either, and Rob was somewhere in between both of us. <laughs> and it's like when you when you have that already, and then you're making a record and it's not sounding good. <laughs> it's right. like, you want the final product to be something yeah. good, regardless of what your influences are. We see yeah. it all the time with bands, like even bands that are making all kinds of money, they can't stick together. You know. Yeah, what I mean? it's you know, it, it, it's definitely like a marriage, except you're married to you know three dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, working with them. I mean, just doing this stupid podcast, like man, yeah. Now, like, <laughs> I, mean, I was about to. Was gonna, I was going to show up today, but yeah. I'm here, so there you go. No, yeah. me and Alex are pretty relaxed. No, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, looking back on it, it was really funny in some instances, too. Like, you know, when you're when you're already, you know, one word can set the other guy off oh, at sure. any point. And so I remember the last trip we took, you know, it, and it was really exciting for us because it was the first band that really did anything. I think I was 18 or something. And Just we were start yeah, we were starting to get radio play, and so we started going to college towns. And I remember the last trip we did, I think we had three shows. We did, like, a hometown show, and I think we went to Carbondale and then um, Bloomington Normal. I remember the last trip, like, the only thing we could all agree to listen to 
was Rush Chronicles. Really? So, like, the entire <laughs> trip, it's just like, today's Tom Sawyer! Or, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'd be so pissed off. I'd be like, God, uh, <laughs> like, I'm finally starting to do something. I like this. Yeah. We're going to college towns. We're getting played on the radio. Can we all just... Keep it together. Yeah. What about taking turns? That was like, like, oh, I'll play my thing. We would, but like, thing. like I would play cake, yeah. and you know, I was at at that point in time, I was kind of getting into like early country stuff too, yeah. which I know he likes some of that, but you could tell that you know the other guy <laughs> would just kind of be like, let's not just doing. At least I think. I mean, I you know, I wasn't into New Order or you know drum machines at that point, so it was kind of yeah right. Have, have you been? Have you listened to uh, the Alabama Shakes at all lately? I haven't. No, everybody keeps talking about yeah, them. Yeah, I, I saw them. Um, I saw them not that long ago at Lollapalooza. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're just great. And but but their uh, their new album, the Sounding Color, or whatever from I don't know, came out a few months ago. Yeah. But that, yeah, it just sounds so great. Yeah. Uh, I think they recorded it in Nashville. Um, I would a, check them out. I love them. I think you might like them. I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff coming <laughs> out of Nashville. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> are you into like this new? Uh, what kind of music are you into now? Uh. Kind of everything. everything. Like, it's weird. Um, I go through phases of stuff a lot. Like, there was a period just recently where pretty much all I listened to all day was NRBQ. Yeah. <laughs> Which nice. I know, you know, I live with my girlfriend and she, you know, probably got pretty annoyed by that. <laughs> Especially, like, when I'm, you know, when it gets down to all I'm really talking about is NRBQ or listening to NRBQ. But now I'm kind of listening to a lot of, like, Fountains of Wayne and oh, kind of yeah, quirky right. writers like yeah. they might be giants and <laughs> I'm a really big giants fan. Yeah. Nice, nice. So you wait. So you, how long have you been living with your girlfriend? Uh, I think about two years. Have yeah. you lived with a significant other like that previously? I have not. So because no. uh, I I did at some point. What's what's your takeaway? And I don't know, maybe maybe, <laughs> I don't she's, maybe she's maybe she's she's listening right now. Yeah. Is she listening? No, I mean like here's here like I'll I'll start out right. Yeah. So it's really tough living with anyone I think. Um, yeah. Like uh, we're still friends, me and her. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it's really tough living with anyone. It's weird. It was an interesting experience for me. Like and so now I live by myself, as you can see in this tiny little apartment. Yeah. Uh, but but it's good. <laughs> now I live by myself. Now I live by myself. Cry <laughs> <laughs> myself to sleep. Buy the trash. I'm yeah. fine. It's fine. No, uh, how uh, how's that? How, how's that going? Is that a weighted question? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a weighted question? It's it's odd, man. It, especially because you know, I feel like living with somebody for the first time that's not your parents is yeah. odd in the first place. But even just being out on your own and. I've never lived anywhere just by myself. Like, yeah. when I moved out of my parents, I moved out with her. Oh, yeah. So, and we were living in, in Uptown for, I think we lived there for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then moved out to Elgin last October. So, it's been good. I mean, there's never really been any qualms. We both make tons of messes. So, nice. can't really blame the other one. Where did you meet her? I, I don't know her at all. Um, I've actually known her since I was... Probably 11 or 12. Oh, okay, cool. Because I went to Larkin High School in Elgin, and she went to Elgin High. Nice. And, you know, it kind of, I forget where she went before that. I was connected with a band called The Microscopic that had a, a drummer in it named Martina Paradovic, and uh, she was her best friend. Mm. And so Marty would come out to shows, and Molly would follow, and we didn't really talk for probably about 10 years. 
yeah. <laughs> until like <laughs> you know we knew of each other in the same town and stuff like that and of course because her and marty were best friends they were even roommates for a while in college and then uh about two and a half years ago i was i think i was going to logan hardware and uh she almost hit me with her car on Fullerton. And Whoa. then, like, Whoa, one of these it got stories. reconnected. Yeah. <laughs> one of these stories. And, uh, yeah, and kind of reconnected through that. And then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, here's my insurance. Reconnected th- yeah, through near number. death. <laughs> yeah. Here's my number. Here's my yeah. uh, contact <laughs> cool. information. Is she cool with, because uh, you probably live a rock star life. You're on tour and stuff. No, I mean, like, yeah. come on. You, yeah, you, you, know, of, you know, it, a lot of women and stuff. It, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. come on. Uh, is it like that? Do you guys party? Do you guys rage out on tour? Or some what? of the guys party, but I oh, don't really. Well, the band, the Beatle band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the hardest party like of all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the well, granddad. Yeah. It's more like, man, it's more like our crew parties more than them. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. You got one of the tech guys and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the just the hardest part is being gone. And, you know, when we first started dating, I think we'd only been dating for two months, and out of that two months, I was gone like five and a half weeks on a tour. Really? Or some tours. I can't remember exactly how much time. She'll probably say I was over-exaggerating. But I was gone for a really long time when yeah. we first started dating, and so it... That, you know, it wasn't particularly nice, but it was kind of good to get that out mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, date for an entire year and then have me all of a sudden be gone all the yeah, time because like after that tour it, I was on tour with a band called the Parasites it was a punk band from the 80s and it just went really bad like <laughs> it, you know, we got in a van accident and okay. the van was a rental that was uninsured and so Jeez. me and the bass player Jason took pretty big hits on it and so after that I kind of just decided that you know, the dream was dead, man. The dream was dead. <laughs> and uh, I, got a, I got a full-time job at a lighting warehouse in Chicago. Nice. And I did that for about a year, pretty much the entire time I lived in Chicago. Nice. And it was rough because I, I was working, you know, between 50 and 60 hours a week. That's a lot. And still playing, like, every night. I would drive back to Elgin to practice or, you know, play shows. or. What made you move back out to Elgin? It was kind of just a leap of faith. Like, you know, the the job was getting more stressful. Mm-hmm. The company had a really quick turnaround, like most of those rental places do or the lighting places. So, you know, it, it just kind of hit this point where I was slaving away and it ended up being just kind of physical labor. Like I was driving yeah. a box truck yeah. and, Oof. you know, lifting sandbags. Yeah. And you got musician hands. You can't yeah, you know, that was actually, <laughs> it, it was yeah. a really big thing. Like, yeah. you know, with what they were doing, they would build these lighting systems that we would actually have to fabricate. So I was using power tools yeah. and, you know, you know, I accidentally jammed a screwdriver into my hand once. And it, you know, it, it's not that it was anything really bad, but, you know, eventually it could be because accidents happen on jobs like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it got to this point where, you know, while I was lifting, you know, 230 30 pound sandbags to look for the missing barcode i was like man there's got to be an easier way for me to make some money and so the place and i think we were paying you know i don't know how much rent is in uptown now but we were paying something like 675 for a one bedroom and really small and then 
moved out to Elgin and found a three bedroom for like the same price. Isn't that crazy? Jeez. Yeah. Where is Elgin? Is it? It's like fifty Lush. minutes west. Like, yeah, like if northwest, northwest. Yeah, like if I think it's like, I think it's the last stop on the Milwaukee line of yeah, the Milwaukee uh, District West line. Oh, nice. Um, if you take the metro. So yeah, it's you know I really love it there. It's where I, it's where we both grew up actually. And yeah, I love it. It's you know it's the perfect amount of quiet. We were living on Clark Street over by Wrigley, oh, so it was like yeah, you know. The city sometimes it's too much. It's yeah. Like, I, like I'm out in the I'm up in a burb Niles and like okay, I, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. getting away. Like sometimes yeah. if I'm in the city all day, it's like like I get to, like I can go home at night and there's like it's there's I can peace. see black yeah black skies and it's not like the most quiet. I mean it's still like a little busy, but it's like I couldn't imagine sometimes living in the city all the time. Oh really yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not for the, the faint of heart. And, it, you know, when I was younger, <laughs> yeah, when, it, when I was younger, you know, that was all I ever really wanted to do is, like, I want to move out there and be submerged in the band scene. And then I got out here and quickly realized that, you know, like, a lot of guys I look up to out here don't live in the city because either, right. you know, on a musician's wage, it's really hard to afford. Yeah. And uh, it's just nice to have peace and quiet. I mean, because I'm a drummer, I kind of have to have a car all the yeah. time. So... I could never take public transit when I was living out here, which, you know, was a super huge pain. And it's nice because in Elgin, you know, from my apartment, I can drive 50 minutes east and, you know, be downtown Chicago. Or yeah. I can drive 50 minutes west and be even more desolate yeah. where I can't get phone signal. Right. So depending on how I feel. <laughs> That's awesome. You said you wanted to be like, you always dreamed about being in like the music scene. What what kind of, like, do you know there's like an LA scene, like a Portland scene? Like, yeah. Like if you could go to any scene, what like what would it be and what time? Uh, what time now? If you could pick like any scene. That's tough, man. That's really tough. It's hard to say. I really, I actually really do like Seattle and Portland's music. I'm yeah. a really big fan of a band called Young Fresh Fellows who are from Seattle and when were they from? They're, uh, jeez. I think they started early 80s. And, you know, it's, I don't know, just that kind of style of music. I'm a big, really big Replacements fan, even though yeah. you know, I'm not sure I would have really enjoyed that music scene. But, uh, and Portland just for, you know, Elliot Smith and Heat yeah. Miser and stuff like that. Nice. It's it's really odd too, especially you know each city does still have its own scenes. Like in Chicago, lately, in the past few years, I've kind of been most closely associated with the rockabilly scene. Yeah, which is sort of a weird thing. Like there, there's a lot of diehard fans of that kind of music out here, but not nearly as much as California. And you know the the Chicago rockabilly scene has had some success with like a a guy named. J.D. McPherson yeah. was from... Uh, Million Dollar. Or no, he's not from Million Dollar. He's he uh, fill in for it or no? No, oh, no. Okay. Well, that's the funny thing is like, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people from that scene that aren't really, I don't know. I don't know the right term. I don't want to say disrespectful, but they don't really appreciate anybody who's in, involved with Million Dollar. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was trying to think of a good <laughs> no, way to say it. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whether it's right or wrong, of them to do. Yeah. They do it. Yeah, and, you know, it's... I kind of always got the feeling, you could be wrong or right, that, you know, they're, people look at you funny if you don't have your hair, you know, pomaded and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you got to have it slicked and be slicked dressed to back. the nines. Where, you know, like the... 
there's I mean there's fans of that culture specifically, but I was always more drawn to the music. Like sure. when I you know listen to Elvis, I don't really want to look like Elvis. I just want to you know listen to the music. make yeah make music that sounds like Elvis sometimes that, or you know. Yeah. That's where it gets stupid though, where people start to like look at like if you're not dressed a certain way, yeah. You fit into the. It was funny, man, because uh, you know I I'd, I'd thought about that for a while, and I played with a guy named Lance Lipinski from Million Dollar Quartet. Okay, that's and, who I was. Yeah, he's okay, he does Jerry Lee Lee in Million yeah, Dollar, yeah. and I play with the Elvis from that too. His name's Brandon yeah. Bennett, and two of the sweetest guys in the world, and have helped me out tons, and you know, been really great. But uh, it you know when I first started playing with them. Lance specifically is all about aesthetics. So yeah. he wanted us to all look the parts, you know, dress in good clothing or kind of era correct clothing. And, you know, I'm not knocking that, but for me, it just kind of, you know, got frustrating. Sure. Right. You know, it's one reason why I don't do my hair like that anymore is, you know, eventually I realized by the end of the day, before I go to sleep, I'm not going to be thinking, you know, today would have been a lot better if I had put pomade in my hair. <laughs> if I had a pompadour. Yeah. But, uh, and then I met Scott Legan, ironically, on um, a Elvis show, or an Elvis tribute entertainer. I was yeah. backing this guy up in Wisconsin, and I'd been, you know, an NRBQ fan. I hadn't dug too deep into their catalog, sure. but I was a fan, and... Um, the backing band on that show was insane. It was this guy named Vic Trevino who plays Elvis. I think he's, he might be from Vegas originally or yeah. somewhere in that area. But then um, Scott was playing piano and uh, the bass player from the band I'm in, The Lovers, Zach Lentino played bass. And uh, we had a guitar player named Joel Patterson who's just amazing. Yeah. He's in a really great band called The Modern Sounds that plays Green Mill all the time. Nice. And him and Scott are in a band called Western Elstons. And in my in my mind, like him and Scott were kind of like the top of, you know, that scene. They're just really wonderful musicians. Like both of them played on the JD McPherson record. And then, um, they both played on a, a new record by uh, Pokey Lafarge. They're kind of circling around this label called high style out of yeah. Logan, uh, Logan square. But yeah, it was funny. I talked to Scott for probably like two hours after that show and just talked like music fan to music fan. And it was really nice to see somebody that, you know, still wants to take the attention to play that music and play it correctly. And, you know, play it true, if that makes any sense or authentically, but doesn't really feel it's necessary to look the part. Yeah. Just right. focusing on the music. It's like, you know, he has a beetle haircut, yeah. you know, sort of, <laughs> he just lets it grow out. It's like, man, that's awesome. Which is kind of where your hair is at right now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Marty's trying to get me to grow it out. <laughs> Marty's hair is crazy. Marty's the guy yeah. who plays George in the band. Nice. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to look like Ringo all the time. Yeah. And I don't think Ringo wants to look like Ringo all the time. Yeah, or it's like my dad has the big John Lennon sideburns. Right, right. Harry Potter glasses. The hat. So, yeah. He's really asking for it. Uh, let's let's go back a step. Uh, you yeah. Yeah. Cause, Cause, you did the Elvis thing on Letterman, right? Yeah. Cause that that was really cool. I saw, yeah. I saw Johnny on Letterman. Really? That was really you, fun. You played on Letterman. What yeah. was that experience like? That was nuts, man. Yeah, we played three nights on David Letterman in wow. 2013. It was like you February. played three nights on Letterman. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I didn't even realize you played three nights. I was thinking it was one. No. Okay, three awesome. Three separate nights. Three nights in a row. And so was that a lot of fun? Did you get to meet meet some of the guys there? Yeah, it was bizarre, man. And, you know, the entire time I'm out there, 
just kind of smiling and, you know, soaking it all in. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, I was like, man, what am I going to do after this? (laughs) (laughs) Anything I could do, you know, would probably pale in comparison, you know, which hasn't been true. But that, it was amazing, man. It was really unexpected. I think we found out or we got it confirmed about a week before we left or something like that. And just kind of a whirlwind. I mean, the biggest show I had ever played before that was Lance did three shows at the Richmond Folk Festival. And that was still really cool. We were, you know, we opened for, I think, Roseanne Cash and this guy named Dr. Ralph Stanley, uh, who I really love, who did... Is that the guy who sings acapella? Yeah, he did yeah. the he did O Death acapella yeah, yeah. for um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Wow, yeah, yeah. We opened yeah. for him. That's and awesome. It, He's great. Yeah, it was like you know that was well that was really exciting for me just because I was a huge fan of that film and the soundtrack mm-hmm. and his music. And I didn't get to meet him. I got to see the the chicken wings that were being delivered to him. But you know that's <laughs> yeah, about as close as I got. I'll but sign for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the Letterman thing was just absolutely bizarre. How do you how do you score that gig? Do, are you just part of a band? <laughs> no, I mean are you just part of a band. They they see they notice you and they want you, or is someone working on your end to like contact it's, them? It's always pretty much connections. Like um, well, and it was Elvis week at the show. Oh, okay. yeah. Too, and so oh, okay. yeah, this and, guy does a great Elvis. So. An agent we're familiar with, or you know, have connections with, was trying to book this week-long tribute to Elvis with Letterman because I heard that Letterman was a huge Elvis fan or something like that. Nice. And when he finally got it booked, he they specifically wanted guys that kind of looked the era or looked the yeah. part, and a lot of the Beatle tribute guys, they're, you know, it's kind of hard to find somebody younger than 30 yeah, that's yeah. playing that stuff. And yeah. I think at the time I was... 20 or 21 and our bass player was 19 or 20 and I think our guitar player was 23 so we were really the only band backing up Elvis guys that were that young Nice. and that kind of scored us the part so we played the first three nights and then another band called the Fabulous Ambassadors played the fourth and then Letterman's band played the fifth did you get to meet some of the crew there some of the band yeah. it was man it was amazing who would you like meeting Will Lee was awesome. Who was bass, it? Will Lee, the bass player for oh, Letterman's band, nice, and, and nice. he's a huge Beatle geek too. He's oh, in a band yeah. called um, Fab Foe. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, that's like his his thing. Yeah. And uh, Schaefer was pretty insane to me too. What do you mean? <laughs> he was, you know, like being in that room. The first night that we got there, I think we flew in and we must have got there at 1 a.m. or something. Yeah. And they had a staying above the Ed Sullivan Theater. So nice. my room was, like, right above the, the Letterman Marquee. That's crazy. And, you know, if you had asked me two weeks earlier where I'd be that day, I would have just said, oh, be an Elgin. You know, was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, eating SpaghettiOs in my underwear in my parents' <laughs> house. But, uh, yeah, we got in, and uh, I think load-in was at, like, 4 a.m. or something like that, and walked into the theater and just being there like I think that week was the 49th anniversary of the very first appearance of the Beatles nice. on that stage wow. for the Ed Sullivan wow. show and so like my drums were in the exact same spot where Ringo's were and even before that like you know that's where Elvis had played yeah. and like they had built the stage out a little bit so my drums were actually in the spot where Elvis stood wow but it was just insane, man. It was the theater was a lot smaller than you would think. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think of who the guests were. 
I remember the first night was supposed to be like Mariah Carey or something, huh. but she got bumped because uh, it was Super Bowl weekend, so they had like the winning coach, whoever yeah. that may be. Uh, Chris Christie was on it. Nice, nice. And uh, that was pretty odd. Did you get any like things to take home? Like any? Uh... I did, yeah. I mean, like probably the coolest thing for me through that entire experience was one of the guests that got added on last minute was Jimmy Cliff, an old um, he's like an old reggae artist. He did Harder They Come. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but he kind of got bumped on last minute and he had just done a record with Tim Armstrong from Rancid that I was a really oh. big fan of. And like, we weren't even told that he was going to be on the show. It was yeah. like, I showed up at the theater and Jimmy Cliff's hanging out in like the dressing room next door. And, uh, you know, I got pictures with everybody and I think they gave us like care packages too and stuff nice. like that. Right. But, you know, I got to meet Letterman and chat a little bit. I'm, I had a really, I had like an hour and a half or two hour long conversation with Joel McHale. Really? Yeah, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> that nice. Yeah, what was he, he, like? he was awesome, man. He yeah. was like super, super interested in what we were doing. Nice. Which was sort of odd. Yeah. The Super Bowl coach had us sign his shirt too, which was pretty odd. <laughs> Who was the coach? I can't even remember, man. It was it would would have been the 2013. 2013. Super Bowl. I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. Was it the Bears? No. It yeah, he he Bears. looked he looked just Maybe as Green Bay. Green Bay. It might have been. He looked just as shocked to be there as we did. When we <laughs> He's talked like, to him. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> in my parents' house eating spaghettios. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What about Letterman? Was did he seem nice when you got to talk to him? Was he was. Cool yeah. Guy? You know, like the the thing, I had never realized or never thought of, but to him it was just a day job. Of course. So he kind of shows up, like even. Like, the, the, the theater's on the first floor. I think we were on the fourth, or, like, the guest dressing rooms. Yeah. And then Schaefer and the band had the third floor, and Letterman's was the second floor. Nice. And he needed, like, a special key to get up there. So he would kind of just show up, hang yeah. out on his floor for a little bit, come down and do the show, and then just leave. Yeah. Where it really wasn't, you know, a big thing. Yeah, man. well, totally. You, you figure, like, after 30 years, yeah, right. <laughs> like, you can only be, you know, shocked or, you know, super excited so much. But the the crew especially just had like tons of really cool stories about guests and stuff like that, or you know got to hear who was a jerk or who was, who was really, a jerk. Really sweet. Who who was a jerk? I forget who they were saying. I think they said Jack Nicholson was pretty oh, tough to go on. I, I could see that. He, <laughs> yeah, he, I think the I remember them saying that the sweetest guy who was ever on the show was Robin Williams, though. Yeah. Oh wow, Makes which sense. was nice. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, you know, we're just about out of time, John. Johnny? Johnny. Jack? Johnny. <laughs> anyone, anyone call you Jack? Never. Johnny. Never? You want to call me Jack? Cause, cause you you can be the first, man. Jack. Man. There is a thing with the names. Well, because, yeah, because, see, you're lucky, right? Because you could, you could be called John, you could be called Johnny, or, or like, Jack is acceptable for Jack. John. is, that, that blew my mind the uh, first Jack? time. Oh, is that really? That. Yeah. Acceptable for John? Isn't that acceptable for yeah. Jack? Are people, there, I there'll be that. people who are... Like name, the people call them Jack, but the real name is John, and it's like it's like oh, it's just a nickname. Yeah, I don't know, I've heard that, right? Yeah, it's the it's whole. I was just talking to somebody about that, the whole Will Bill thing or William. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get these names. I just got Kyle. I mean, there's nothing you could do with this. It's a very middle of the road name. <laughs> Before you go, where do you where do you uh, see yourself with this whole music thing, and uh, where do you want to go with this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, it was weird. Before I came up, I had to call. A friend of mine from Million Dollar, uh, yeah. Brandon, the Elvis guy, because I'm doing some shows with him this weekend, and we were talking on the phone just because my schedule's been so hectic, and I act screwed up, and 
he's, he has to book a flight for me for next week for a show in California. And I screwed up and told him I was in Chicago and I'm going to be in Connecticut. And so we're trying to figure that out. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, frustrating because the airline doesn't really want to work with you. Right. Always, but yeah. Seems like a good problem to have, though. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what we were saying. Like, you know, about a year ago was when I was moving from Chicago to Elgin. And at that time, you know, I was quitting my job and had no other work lined up yeah. and just kind of a blessing marty called me and wanted me to come you know do george in a beetle tribute and that literally like that pretty much saves like me getting the apartment like that paid for the security deposit yeah and so i was talking to brandon and he was like you know about a year ago you were texting me to you know book shows just to have money to eat and you know by comparison, this is a pretty good problem to have. Oh, like, yeah. which band am I going to play yeah, with? Yeah, that's awesome. I, well, I'm happy for you. And I, I mean, I mean, since because I, like, Johnny is younger, a lot younger than me. I feel like I don't even know. I'm not going to ask. You how don't old, have to how say, old are you now? You don't oh, have to. Say, I'm 27 now. What are you at? 23. Yeah, so he's 23. Because well, I just remember in high school, like he was just like he was way younger than me. And because like you know, if you're 16 and yeah, that age gap. Yeah, that age gap. Detrimental. But he was real talented then, so it's just like yeah. So I, I imagine just keep finding success, finding work like that. Oh, so thanks, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much, John Perrin. Yeah, John Perrin. It's fun, by. man. You got like an Instagram in case people like Sound you. Like, I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just. It's J Perrin, J P E A R I N. So people stop mispronouncing the name. J Perrin. Yeah, I'm. I play in a bunch of local bands. I'm in a band called Rapids. I play guitar in and play drums in a power pop band called In Between Days. And I'm in about nine different bands. You'll see. You'll see info about any of those on there. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks uh, awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, I want to thank artistic director Beck McKnight, our photo guy Andrew Newton. Uh, if you like the podcast, or if you didn't like it, uh, rate us on iTunes. Give us a star, too. Toss out a star, man. <laughs> uh, anything else from you guys? No, that's it. All right. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Make it up. Make it up. <laughs>